Good evening, everybody. Um, yeah, so hey, what the you it huh? No, uh, it's Monday, August 22nd, 2011, and this is 10 dozen minutes of uh, Mr. Skullhead and friends because uh, Jake is still on his Bataan death march across Mount Rainier or uh, under Mount Rainier, possibly through Mount Rainier, which would explain why it's taking so damn long. But uh, yeah, so what I, who I have with me here this evening is a famous baseball player. Adam J. Dunn. Hello, welcome welcome myself back. Wow, we're both just not on point <laughs> at all, right? Welcome back to your show, Josh. <laughs> me Jake. to your place of business. Allow you to welcome me back. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to reintroduce myself for myself. Let me take a moment for myself. Just looking at... Uh... Oh, that was great. Nobody... Uh... Nobody wrote questions? Some people wrote questions. Okay. So what we're going to do tonight, uh, Mr. Dunn is a uh, visual effects artist and uh, music video director, a feature film director. Uh, he is not an avid player of KOL because honestly he doesn't have the fucking time. <laughs> but I do have an account though. And you do have an account. You can use that account when you buy your registration pack. Nice. The con. To get something cool or just like put it in there that this is the person who did it and it'll be like on my name badge so that they can put it on your badge and you should make an account adam j dunn the baseball player he's not a j dunn though is he is he a different no i think he has a different middle initial but uh the other the first and the last name being the exact same we tend to meet up quite regularly on the internet yeah for scuffles someday you'll meet in person You'll be like, you're not, he'll be like, you're not a baseball player. And you'll be like, from what I hear, <laughs> neither are you. Yeah, you're not a very good one either. After all the comments last weekend from drunken fantasy baseball players. That is kind of great. <laughs> drunken fantasy baseball players like, you, your name's sick. Yeah, go up to the bachelor party with a bunch of baseball fans and just first order of business after everyone's hammered is, you motherfucker are ruining my fantasy season. Something. I don't think... And it's like, I'm sorry, I think. Like, right. you know, it's just like... But you specifically, not the other guy who's the actual baseball player, I picked you in my pick. It's because like, it's he's under, like, my he knows my secret identity. I'm just, like, fucking dominating everyone in fantasy baseball. <laughs> it's because I found the ribbon outside of uh, the Materia Gardens. Allows me to just dominate. It would be kind of interesting if you, uh... If there was a fantasy baseball league where you could just draft whoever you wanted... <laughs> You know, like, yeah, you know, Donald Trump is not doing so great this year, but, you know, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park is batting pretty good. So. <laughs> I would like to do it where you could actually, like, fantasy, like, intramural softball leagues. It's like, yeah, I, dra <laughs> I drafted, like, Pete Timpkins, and, uh, you know, he's uh, he's batting real good when he's not just smashing vodkas on the side of the, the bench. <laughs> so, you know, he's been doing me real good this year. I drafted Major League era Charlie Sheen. Because <laughs> yeah. juicing up to get up that fastball. I decided to do a Final Fantasy Baseball League this year. So, uh, you know, I took Cloud Strife and uh, the little guy who holds the little lantern. I don't fucking know that. <laughs> I don't really know Final Fantasy all that much. Wait, the little green dude? 
Yeah. The, the name Tonberry? Tonberry, that's right. We have a player named Royal Tonberry who's a royal pain in the ass, so I, I didn't think... I don't think of, like, adorable little green thing yeah. when I think Tonberry. I think guy complaining about shit on the floor. <laughs> See, that right there is another moment where, like, the bro versus the nerd in me is warring. Because, like, the nerd's like, just tell him it's Tonberry. And the bro's like, don't fucking tell anyone that you know what a Tonberry is. <laughs> you keep that under your baseball don't, cap. Yeah, you don't tell anyone anything about nothing. Like, the nerd shit. Yeah, I like, I like you in the nerd closet. <laughs> That's kind of funny because, like, who the fuck are you afraid of? Yeah. Somebody like, yeah, this fucking guy knows all about Spider-Man. Like, yeah, and I will punch your nose through your face <laughs> yes. as well. Yeah, they were that. That also at the bachelor party weekend because, like, we literally were fucking six, seven hours up north with a bunch of woodsy fishing, hunting, like gathering. Yeah, those type of gentlemen, and I. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm very brosy, but I'm not, like, fisherman, hunter, none of that shit. Yeah. So then, like, they make, like, a reference to something that was, like, relatively nerdy that they all knew about, like, watching Thundercats as kids. Uh-huh. And then, like, I'd be like, well, actually, you see, the thing is, is that wasn't Lionel, that was actually Tigra. And just, just like, breaking the whole thing <laughs> down for them. It's like, no, there actually is a whole planet of snarfs. <laughs> it's not just, like, some one-off. <laughs> so, like, and then they're just like, oh, cool, didn't know you were such a fucking nerd, man. <laughs> like, yup. Keeping it real. Although I've seen, like, listening to two people talk, like, fishing lures is one of the nerdier things I've ever heard. Because I can, I can sense the, like, subtext of nerddom even when it's not on a topic that I'm familiar with. Like, to me, talking about, like, well, you know, you gotta use, like, a 10-pound test with a stainless core, and then you gotta, your lure, you need... Like a Gene Simmons that has a triple scale and three bobber and a red hook. And it's it just like, that it to me is exactly the same as, well, you see, you got to reverse the polarity on the deflector dish. and or Which is why I've, I've been going back through TNG. Every single fucking thing that has ever done <laughs> on that show is they just reroute power through the deflector dish and like and tachyon particles. Like, if literally that was all it took The deflector to solve- dish is, is a. Jack of all trades, really. Like, they literally should just have the deflector dish with an entirely separate power source emitting nothing but tachyon particles. Yeah. And they would never run into any fucking problem. How about we don't reroute the... How about we permanently reroute the power <laughs> to the deflector dish? You have first contact, they actually blew the deflector dish off the thing to get rid of the Borg. So presumably after that, they were just fucked. Yeah. So could you just reroute power to where the deflector dish used to be? <laughs> and just for old time's sake... Just- Throw all the jars full of tachyon particles out, <laughs> out into space. Like mason jars. <laughs> yeah. Jordy, go down to the root cellar. <laughs> Give me some tachyon particles. Well, they haven't aged enough yet, Captain. Did I tell you to tell me when they aged? So get some tachyon particles, you fucking crazy. Just throw a little vinegar in there. With your crazy new eyes. Yeah, boy, that was a shark jumping moment for me when he had the crazy blonde, the crazy blonde eyes. That was some bullshit. <laughs> the blue eyes were a little bit better, but not much. <laughs> Think you are, like Data's fulfilling the creepy eyed quotient on the show. I feel. Yeah. He also fulfilled the like almost orgasming from having forearm hair quotient. Yeah, you don't get that a lot. But <laughs> that never happened to like bones. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Jim, blow on my forearm hair again. <laughs> Good lord. And Sulu's just standing there going, Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Do you follow George Takei on Twitter? I don't, but I feel follow like I Follow that man on Twitter. He is hilarious. He'll just occasionally <laughs> post, you know, like, 
So it turns out this congressman who was a Republican is gay, and then hashtag, oh my. <laughs> yeah, I've been a fan of grown-up George Takei ever since we went to see a, uh, speaking of nerdy endeavors, a symphony orchestra night where they showed, like, a slideshow and played themes from various sci-fi and fantasy properties. So, like, they did a whole John Williams suite, and the, but uh, George Takei was hosting it. So the, the first thing they did was the planets, that kind of, like, orchestral suite. And he was narrating each thing as it came in, and as soon as he said, like, the planet Mars, red, distant. Oh, Oliver would like to say good night to Uncle Adam. Say good night, Uncle Adam. Hello, Uncle Adam. Hello, Ollie. Uh, you're wearing your little frog towel. What are you wrapped up like? What are you wrapped up like? Perform, child. Do you need a mummy? <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works for everyone. Good night, dude. Can you say good night, Papa? Where's Adam's going to stay here and talk on the radio with Papa. This is riveting for everyone I know. <laughs> Say goodnight, Ollie. Good night, Ollie. <laughs> Ollie. I love you. My toddler, everyone. George Takei, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> Joshua's toddler. This highest rated segment of the show. So Ollie came in to just say. Dude, we just did the, the total spike in listenership, and now they're all leaving. Like, <laughs> yeah, guy, we're out of here. We've got what we wanted out of you. Yeah, but ever since he, just hearing him go like, the planet Jupiter, one of the gas giants of the galaxy. Like, that is fantastic. That is just a good way to talk. Either him or Stephen Fry, I would hire to narrate my life. <laughs> I did love that he was... Good morning. I did love that he was the voice of the uh, of the guide in the Hitchhiker's Guide movie. Hmm. Yes. Doesn't get much more perfect as a selection. One of the few things I enjoyed about the Hitchhiker's Guide movie... The other being Mostaf. Uh, no, I didn't enjoy Mostaf. You didn't like Mostaf? Yeah, he's alright. I didn't enjoy... You know what's weird? Is it gave me the opportunity to say I didn't enjoy Sam Rockwell. Wow. You Which didn't like his Beeblebrocks, Really huh? strange. I didn't like his, like, George W. Bush on crack Beeblebrocks. Because I think of, like... When I read the books, I thought it, of him as more like Michael Keaton, almost. Just kind of, like, smooth... Fast talking, Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton kind of guy, but yeah, it was a little strange. And having the second head like in his larynx, a little strange. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like that they tacked a love story and a happy ending onto it. What can I say? Fair enough. Uh, Minty Giant says, I feel like the advances in repairing blindness have progressed in medical society, so Star Trek felt it was time to revise the perception of the technology in response. I don't know. They didn't put a wig on Picard. Like, there have been lots of advances in hair regrowth technology. Well, no one's looking at me, but there have been some. But, uh... Hey, what is your KOL name, by the way? Uh, Adam Radio Guest. It is not. I think it is, yeah. Because <laughs> that really sounds like something you just made the fuck up. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Radio guessed it is. With, uh, five, with, uh, hey, you played 393 turns. 
We last logged in on Halloween of last year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you know, it's good that like most people who played the game and have not played in a while that I know or don't play at all feel the need to apologize whenever that comes up. And it's kind of awkward and ridiculous. It's like, okay, that's fine. Like, I haven't read all of your furry fanfic either. Like, I understand that people are busy. Well, you know how I do. I just, I don't feel the need to really apologize yeah, for I anything appreciate ever. That. Like, yeah, I haven't played in a while. What? So okay. My bad, dude. I know. Your totes, totes busy. <laughs> you gotta get into it. You're gonna be hanging out with uh, Emily. You're gonna have to get into I'm told, I'm assuming I'm be hanging out with a bunch of these these peoples that are listening. Yeah, who, uh, give us a shout in chat if you're going to KWLCon. Because I'm actually going to go this year and you guys can lay your eyes on the the broly visage. Feast. Feast your eyes. Well, I mean, save room for other things. To yeah, there's on. like a barbecue on Saturday, so like, feast your eyes on Friday. <laughs> yeah. You know, save, save some space. You gotta get, uh, have you got some fancy dress? Not a fancy dress, but uh, some fancy clothes you wear nah, on Friday night. I'm just gonna wear a fancy dress now. Yeah, that's fine, dude. Uh, casino night though on Friday. We're doing uh, doing some craps, some roulettes, nice. some pokers. Saturday we got the barbecue all day. Saturday night, front a lot. Uh, Brandon Patton, possibly Mega Ran, mini bosses, Very and cool. hopefully an after party until like five in the morning. I could I could be down for that. Then the fucking LARP at 8 o'clock. And the next day, which is just... I have to work the LARP, so I have to attend the LARP. I don't know. There is a, it's not as bad as LARPing gets, but it's still... It's, it's really long. AJ Hunter says, There needs to be a KOLCon in Hannibal, Missouri. MO is Missouri. Is that Montana? No. No, Montana's MA. So then, probably. Michigan's MA. Probably. Well, you just make yourself, make your own con. You can have, like, a con of one. You could, you're probably not that far from Columbus. Because we went, we drove from Kansas City to Columbus, and boy, was that fun. Uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. What a great name that'd be for a character, though. Hannibal Moe. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, Moe the bartender as Hannibal Lecter. Now eat his fava beans with a nice canny. You're, so, you're, like, eight hours away from Columbus. So go. Get in your car and drive it. Oh, Montana is MT. Maryland is MD. Minnesota is MN. I don't know. Minnesota yeah. is number one. Go to Columbus. Uh, the KOLMBUS meet is on 11-11-11 this year. Because 11 is a significant number for KOL. We couldn't pass that up. Your Mo impression is lacking. Some sort of dial. Just going to put that out there. Minty Giant says, I thought it was decided that the last done to co-host was, yes, the baseball player. Uh, does that mean tonight's guest is the baseball player? Really? Wacky. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not, not, not the baseball player. It wouldn't be fair to say that it's not true, that you're not the baseball player. Not. Really. What? I lost track. Let's just call it the truth. 
Uh, Josh the Sorcerer Man says, care for a spot of tea? How about more teas in game, eh, chap? Uh, no. You can have herbal tea. There's a... I think there's the little tea package you can get from Crimbo. But really... Ugh. You really should tea. be able to have Earl Grey tea, though. Hot. Yeah. You know, because of <clears throat> the next generation, I tried tea Earl Grey hot at one point. Fucking terrible. You don't like it, huh? No. Every every tea has the same problem, where there is a promise that is there's like a check written by the aroma of the tea that the taste of the tea cannot hope to match. <laughs> it's like, oh, that smells like apples and cinnamon, and fresh spring day, and a pie cooling on a windowsill. It tastes like a bundle of sticks. Like that smells like my first girlfriend. <laughs> tastes like a bundle of sticks. So did my first girlfriend. Who was? She was, in, in fact, fact, a bundle, a bundle of sticks. sticks. It's true. She so, was. I mean, get full she circle. was a faggot. <laughs> what can I say? In the I couldn't. I couldn't possibly get more vaudeville like than that. We're just like because she was, in fact, a bundle of sticks, and then just. But she was so fat. <laughs> the guy in the back, though, like the guy who hits the high hats, just like ready to put a bullet in his brain. That's just like these fryers are the worst ever. How fat was he? Um, Captain Hector says, "Can we get Dirty Hippie slash Frat Boy KOL shirts? One in faux Greek letter, Greek letters, one in tie dye lime. That would be kind of awesome. You should make your own, because it's so hard to get Zach to do new shirts designs. But that would be really fun. I think the uh, the KOL fraternity is like Lambda Upsilon." Something, something. Yeah, I'm not sure. You should look it up. How about the wiki knows? I think it spells something out like luck or fuck or pie. But yeah, you should do that. Make your own. Make them awesome. Get a polo shirt. Put some Greek letters on it. Get two or three polo shirts and layer that shit. Boom. Monogram the shit out of it. So you're saying you're not going to layer the polos? That's uh, no, but I'm going to wear plenty of polos. I actually thought about going in and getting some some AJD monograms put on some blank polos. Oh, yeah. To really spice up the deal. But, <laughs> like you know. fraternity of one. <laughs> I'm like the army of fraternities. So did you, uh, did you finish that Portal 2? Did you get a chance to keep playing that? Still playing it. Haven't gotten through it. I, uh... Just got the... Like, I can only measure my progress through insults at the moment. I did get uh, Wheatley telling me that around five chambers from now we'll bust you out of here. And then I had the surprise. Like, the first surprise going into the dark room and the confetti. And she's like, ha, just kidding. Yeah. But the... uh, no, I haven't made it too far in. I understand that there are other characters to meet and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was quite a good game. I've been, uh... I tried out the better version of Minecraft that was Terraria, the 2D one. Oh, I've heard of that, that, yes. Yeah, I actually, uh... found it quite enjoyable in the nerdiness level. It was, you know... I thought Minecraft was totally dumb. Like, yeah. and that'll probably... Somebody's probably gonna shoot me with internet bullets or something. But I think Minecraft is really stupid, but I really enjoyed Terraria, which either yeah. means Minecraft is, in fact, stupid, and Terraria is awesome, or I'm just crazy because they're very similar, I guess. Right. 
A lot of people like the Minecraft. I haven't played a minute of it because it seems like something you either play 20 hours of a day or you don't play at all. So I opted not to play it at all. Yeah. Well, see, for me, like it was like, it was like, hey, there's this game where you just build shit. I'm like, okay, well, no, thanks. And then it's like, Terry's like, we got boss battles in our shit. I'm like, all right, that seems like an objective. I gear up to fight something that, you know, is a menace to the land. That's something I can wrap my primitive gaming brain around. <laughs> well, like, Minecraft has uh, has at least enemies that you fight, right? Right, I think it has, like, things you fight at, like, nighttime. So yeah. it was like, you know, but the, you know, Terraria has that too. And then it has big-ass boss battles. Mm-hmm. Or BBBs, as we call them. Ooh. Or, well, that that would be like boss bed and breakfasts, but uh, BB and B's, BYOB, BYOB and B, bring your own bed and breakfast. We should have a BYOB and B party. We're just like, dude, just bring like an arrow bed and some eggs, and we'll have a sleepover. We'll hook you up. AJ Hunter is shooting is uh, shooting internet bullets at you because he's playing Minecraft right now. See, I knew it. I knew there'd be one person loading up their internet gun. And boss battles are coming to Minecraft. Oh. Because, you know, th- that's the thing about Minecraft is it has that very KOL thing where it can see what the fan base wants and just roll it out. Yeah, I think that Terraria does that too because I guess that they... Yeah. I think that whole whatever, like, whack at trees until it turns into sticks... <laughs> genre. I think they all are going to have that just for the way Minecraft was, was made, and then everything will just be able to yeah. keep updating it. Boy, did Minecraft make the fuck you money, though. It sure did. For like 15 bucks a shot, and he was download- He was getting hundreds of thousands of them a day. Yeah, we didn't get... Gaywell doesn't make fuck you money. It makes like, I intend to complain to your superior money, but not, not really fuck you money. That you might at some point in time write a strongly worded letter money. Yeah. It's not it's not a fuck you. It's more of a like Hey okay. It could be a forget you money. It's a, we're trying to pretend <laughs> you're, the, like, you're the radio edit edition. <laughs> That's awesome. AJ Hunter suggests that BBB is Better Business Battles, which is kind of awesome. I want to see the Better Business Bureau battles, where people who have complaints against businesses do battle with the CEOs of said businesses. <laughs> Can we do it in like an American Gladiator style like competition? Where it's I think like, like a Roman Gladiator style competition. Wow, to the death even. Yeah, put some edge on that shit. Like, I just would like them to be like. You guys raised the cost of my insurance, like in the joust, and like the CEO's like, I have no knowledge of such things, and they're fucking battling away at like these big Q tips. The shareholders, man, the shareholders needed the insurance price. I would, yeah, I would go into a gladiating arena against the CEO of Comcast. Yeah. Motherfuckers, because we. Over throttling practices? Well, we've had. A couple of rounds of just terrible internet reception, like, right in the middle of our show. It will drop out. Or, like, watching Netflix and suddenly it goes from HD to, like, 8-bit. It goes into, like, two frames a second. Yeah, and so it's kind of a pain in the ass. But every time you call Comcast now... So they've decided that they need to work on their image for customer service. So while not actually changing the quality of their customer service at all, they go, Hi, this is Bob. Thank you for calling Comcast. How may I provide you with quality customer service today? Fix your shit? She's like, okay, well, I'm having this problem. Have you tried rebooting your modem? Yes. 
Oh, well, we'll have a tech out there from between 3 o'clock and 3 o'clock three weeks from now. So make sure you're home, and I hope that I provided you with quality customer service today. <laughs> Bye now. It's like, fuck you. You've changed nothing. You just say quality customer service is our goal. Which means they win. Yeah. So. It's like, you know, constantly receiving blowjobs is my goal. That doesn't mean that I am. All it does is kind of underscore the fact that they have terrible customer service every time they say, how can I provide you with excellent customer service? Like, you can't. Your company <laughs> will not allow you to provide me with the customer service that I crave. Uh, let's check out the Twatter. Tonight's show will feature Mr. S and bro nerd Adam J. Dunn, who is not a baseball player. I could have added you in that, I suppose. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know. You, you don't need our followers. Well, I like your followers. But, uh, yeah, that, like, we had to put out a promo video for a music video I directed, and, like, I made the promo video for them and did all, like, the titles or whatever. And they, like, uh, they came back to me, like, can you make sure that everyone who's worked on the video, their Twitter name is below their real name? I'm like, oh, do we, like, we're already done with the promo video. I mean, it's already ready to be posted do we need to do this like yes it's important that this is done now so that's so that's new i'll now be at adam j dunn all over the internet forever I think now, which is fine there was a lady <clears throat> at uh max funcon who handed out business cards that were like half the height of a business card so just like a little rectangle that all it said on it was at maggie Weird. And that was the entirety of her contact info was just the Twitter name. Granted, like a very like cool for her that she got at Maggie. Yeah, that is actually pretty awesome. But not like no phone, no light, no motor car, no no email. She's like, I work exclusively through Twitter. Like, oh, okay. What do you do if Twitter goes down? It will never go down. Twitter has been, for since my grandfather's time, Twitter has provided all of the <laughs> communication I need. I actually got into a political argument with somebody on Twitter yesterday, or discussion, like a friend of mine who's on the like conservative libertarian side of things. Who Just tell them to go build them fucking islands that they want to make know. and get the fuck out of here. That was kind of great. Be like, <clears throat> guy wants to make Bioshock real, like... <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, get, go for it, bro. Just like, if I were our government, I would say, you know what? Don't pay us any more taxes. Seriously, just take all of your money and build your floating island, and get every single libertarian of a certain degree of crazy to just move the fuck out. No, there I, think, you. I mean, hell, might as well just take them all because it's just funny because they all seem to believe that this, that you know, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps thing is going to work all the time forever and. They can go on that little floating island that can all fail together. That everybody who's rich has pulled themselves up by bootstraps and anybody who wants to be rich need only do so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. There's a dude who's a libertarian. And all who aren't rich are only because they just, they're too lazy to pull them bootstraps That up. is. It's, there's a, a real war on the poor going on right now. It's like half of these guys don't even pay taxes. Like, yeah, well, they pay payroll taxes. They don't pay income tax because they don't have any fucking money. Yeah. It's like we should tax them first before billionaires. That makes perfect sense, I feel. Yeah. So anyway, that was the political argument, actually, that I was having with the dude. And uh, arguing on Twitter is really interesting. I mean, you and I have done it. 
We sure have. But uh, <laughs> iPads. On this particular discussion, I was trying to keep every point into just a single tweet. So I had 140 characters minus his, his name, which was decently long. Longer than mine. So I was That's at a slight disadvantage. That. It's good that you can admit His that. name. Um, it was longer. It was thicker. Um, <laughs> my wife seemed to enjoy it more <laughs> than mine. But <laughs> it, it's good mental exercise <clears throat> to make points as succinctly as possible. Uh, bam. Dr. Dick says, just booked my tickets for KOLCon 8. So excited to finally get out to Phoenix and hang with the crazy ASIM crew. Hey, Dr. Dake is uh, Clackling. Clackling is awesome. Uh, that's the dude. He works for Bioware. He's working on the Star Wars Old Republic game. And is just one of the coolest people that I've met in the world. How about getting me another one of those fucking Sonic the Hedgehog RPGs? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all you're going <laughs> to ask anybody. You're like... I work for Google. Sonic RPG. Yeah. We had nothing to do with that, so could you probably leave here and (laughs) get on that? (laughs) I like that Sonic the Hedgehog RPG that they got made. How about y'all get the fuck on that? (laughs) And Gamer Lady says, wow, there's a loathing convention and it has been going for eight years? I used to play silly, puntastic fun. Like, yes, come down, Gamer Lady. You know what? I'm just going to add Gamer Lady. Yes, indeed. There is a convention. And it's September 9th through 11th. And I will link her to the forum post that explains it in detail because that is the kind of full service that we provide here at Kingdom of Loathing. And the rest of you get to listen to me type. Can you t- say something and type something else at the same time? I have a whole lot of trouble with that. I'm really put it to the test, but I don't think I've had enough where I've remarked that it's been troublesome for me to do it. But I'm not sure. I have a lot. Of, I have a little bit more difficulty trying to like do edit cuts when Mara is talking to me uh, about yes. stuff. I tend to go into husband agreeance mode. So <laughs> she's so she's pretty smart, you know. So. If I'm editing something and and she wants something to get done, <laughs> she just comes in and and gets me to do it. Man, yeah, there's a there's a thing that women do. They forget that men are running like Windows 3.1 in the brain while they're on like Mac OS 10. I don't know anything about Macs, but I know they multitask. <laughs> so, like, I'll get a text message from somebody, and I'll be replying, and she'll say, Hey, what was that message about? And I'm just, I'm gonna, just hold on, I'll tell you when I'm done. <laughs> but I'll get, like, actually annoyed. Like, I obviously I can't talk and move my thumbs at the same time. Yeah, I, I... If I'm going to be typing, I have to be saying what I'm typing. Which means I kind of do my own dictation. Nice. Spade of Phil? Say what? Um, throw us some stuff. Like, what do you, what do you, what should we talk about, guys? I mean, we can talk about shit all night long. And into the morning. But you probably aren't going to care. Uh... 
Apparently, uh, it is Psycho's birthday. Uh, player PSYKO. Um, did I meet? Uh, this particular... Uh, no. Male in England. No. I did not meet you at the Frontal Out show last night. Or two nights ago. Um, yeah, so happy birthday, Psycho. Of Clanotory fame. Uh, Clanotory, one of my favorite clans. And uh, Donna Matrix, one of my favorite folks. She would like me to wish you a happy birthday. And you know what? I want to do it too. Happy birthday, Psycho. Any more shout-outs you got? Anybody? Oh, it's some sort of Dial's birthday as well. Yes, it's a bong you hear in the background. I actually listened to some older radio shows where you actually got, like, literally fired up about <laughs> anyone who listens to my show should know it's a hookah. Just like, all right, catchy. <laughs> For a while, there was a thing where just every five minutes, somebody would be like, dude, are you ripping a bong? Hopefully, that's the only way that that guy knows how to talk. It is. All 10,000 of them. Dude, you ripping a bong right on, dude. Yeah, no, it's a hookah, Pastafari. And uh, you've been around for long enough that I think you're trolling me and I'm falling for it. I don't know. I used to get mad about a lot of stuff. Now that I have a child, then it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> having, a, having a single human being around who is supposed to do whatever you tell them to do and really lacks the capacity to come up with their own shit to do but will just look you straight in the eye and go, no, nah, don't feel like it. And you're not allowed to punch that guy? <laughs> that will really rein in your temper. <laughs> like, it's kind of the same thing as like, I have historically been just kind of a giant pussy as far as pain goes. Like, never been in a fight, not particularly anxious to, never played bloody knuckles or, you know, even football or anything. But now, like, once you have a tiny human that will, like, stomp on your ingrown toenail, punch you in the nuts, and headbutt you in the face when you double over, and you're not allowed to hit that guy, you just kind of, you just have to suck it up. you just like, okay, that really hurt, Papa, <laughs> but it's going to be all right. Uh, anyway, people who are parents should actually tune in to my other... I have another podcast now, and it's called Family Hot Dog. Have you seen the, the Family Hot Dog? No, I haven't seen it yet. Like, I, I remember you and I were going to hang out, and you're like, I'm going to edit this. And Sorry, I'm going to edit my podcast. All right. We got our circa 1990 website up, but... Uh, I'm a little pissed that there's not like dancing, a dancing family of hot dogs lining each side in animated GIF format. Well, I don't know why it's not playing the MIDI file of We Are Family, because that, <laughs> I feel that was a good design choice, and it's just not coming through somehow. But yeah, we got uh, four episodes in the can of that particular podcast. Nice. One Speaking of, of, of one of them, Vaginal Blood Fart is on, is on that, right? I was yeah. on his his and Salsa's podcast I heard about a week or two back. Yeah, I was on... They spoke highly of you. We had a good time with that one. It was, uh... We, ended up, we drank Monte Carlo's and... And we did that. What's in a Monte Carlo? It's a Manhattan, but instead of... What's in a Manhattan? Stuff. <laughs> salsa made it for me. Which I hear is a bad, like... Don't let salsa just make something for it. <laughs> <laughs> this tastes like Rohip no. So if people who listen to this listen to that podcast, they got like a nice like double dose of me and like the last actually it's like 
a, I was on your show, and then like a week went by, then I was on their show, then a week went by, and now I'm on your show again. So everyone gets to have like an enjoy, enjoyable time with me. Like I, mine is like they have mine linked in a one of their uh, Twilight Zone things. I think it's like Twilight Zone a day at sixty or something. Oh, that's weird. If you, uh, it's like if you go to the Twilight on the side there. Yeah, what is with that? Bad request. Ra ra ramma. So that's that. Okay, so. Uh, Adrian Hunter's all over it tonight. And he's making us a gag. There was actually a uh, some weird. We kept getting corrected for saying GIF instead of Jeff. Or GIF instead of GIF, maybe. So now we just say GIF. Nice. So have you got a chance to play Bastion yet? I have not. I really would like to play that. Apparently the, the PC version just came out, and if you get it on Steam, you can get portal turrets in the game. Because huh. that seems to be like the Steam feature of everything. Is like If you get this because it's on Steam now... <laughs> You can do whatever you want with, like, GLaDOS sexually. You know what's rad is uh, being able to blow up turrets with lasers. That is. I got to that part, and it's just like, it's burning. Ah. Where did you go? That still gets yeah. me every time. The first couple of times in the first game, that was incredibly creepy until I figured out if you just get behind them and knock them over, they're just toast. <laughs> yeah. So, you can get them to shoot each other, knock one on top of another. Wow, Atomic Comics is trending. So this is sad. Yeah, and they, they go down. They're, or they're, they're going Overnight, down. They, they lock their doors overnight. No going out of business sale, nothing, just boom. There are rumors that it's an IRS thing that all of their inventory is now property of the IRS which is weird because there are people are also saying it's this you know just cautionary tale this is the way the industry is going nobody's gonna want physical copies of these comics anymore and how can they stay in business but it's kind of a different thing if he just fucked up on his taxes yeah versus you know well I hear all the the doom saying of like the paper industry going away and that like the comics industry is clearly what's happening to the newspaper industry and that you know mm. digital everything and you know da 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 I don't know there's some you know, I'm a pretty pretty tech oriented guy and I use my iPad to read comics pretty much yeah. all the time but there are certain comics and certain things I like to have in paper form like all all the, the pilgrim books yeah yeah I, I read them on my iPad before the movie came out to re-familiarize myself with them but then it was like I didn't have nearly as enjoyable time having like versus having the tactile feel of like turning the pages and like how organic it felt to read them like that so yeah. I don't know maybe I'd even think more highly because I've read all of The Walking Dead hmm. on my iPad maybe I'd read maybe I'd think even more highly of it if I had a, a paper version yeah there's something about books that's different and there's there's a little bit of science that shows you you process information differently from a screen than from a page so there's there is something to holding a book in your hands and turning its pages and like i've i'm reading name of the wind which is a really fantastic fantasy book that uh you know enjoying the shit out of it but i'm reading it on the ipod touch 
because I was like en route to somewhere and like, yeah, I didn't bring a book. Okay, I'll just download this one. Like, oh, this is really good. So I'm sitting there with my tiny little screen reading like two paragraphs at a time. And then when the battery dies, it's just like, well, fuck. My book is done. I'm going to read this in the bathtub. Like, no, no, I'm not. I feel like slowly but surely the iPod Touch is going to make you get one of like the bigger, more down the line iPads. I know we've had this discussion and how it probably will never happen. No, I'm but probably, I feel like it's I feel like it's trying like it's just like it's like when Spider Man got covered in the symbiote for the first time and how like yeah. slowly but surely like crept all up in his orifices and then finally it's just like I need I need to have this. Until later you fight your iPad in front of a bell tower. That is the plan. <laughs> and the I'm glass. just picturing the iPad with the like giant mouth <laughs> and the tongue coming out. <laughs> I don't know, the whole IRS angle was, uh, like there are a bunch of people saying, what a tragedy, this is totally bad, and that Rob Liefeld oh, was man. saying, like, this is clearly an example of hype versus reality, and it means nothing for the industry, it's just a, you know, that dude fucked up. It's like, that's what I would prefer to believe, but I don't want to hear it from him. And then, and then Rob Liefeld promptly took a picture of the Atomic Comics and drew giant shoulder pads and a couple of really big guns with awful hands and feet. <laughs> yeah, and some uh, pockets. There's <laughs> yeah. pockets, pouches all over And then the for store. some reason, like, one of the windows has this big glowing, like, sunburst coming out of its eyes. He basically made the, the Atomic Comics picture into fucking Cable Circle 1992. There are a bunch of those dudes now that... <laughs> What is it about losing an eye in the Leafield universe that makes it glow? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> they get like super eye. Like, I mean, I'm saying if like Rob Liefeld were God, I'd find a fork and quickly jab one of my eyes out just so right. I could get glowing super eye. Of course, Deadpool doesn't have that, and that's one of the yeah. he's, he's one of Liefelds too. I saw a uh, a website that collected that particular person's picks for the hundred worst pictures drawn by. Oh, did you see the Captain America? That's all like has like super tits. And yeah, where his like his chest is twice as wide as his head. It's just like he has another head on each peck. <laughs> yeah. And there was the Spider Man where both of his hands were fused into some like talon thing that looked like of the face hugger from. Alien, <laughs> just like, and of course, like bunches of giant dudes with tiny, tiny feet. And uh, there was one where the same character is in four panels and has four different haircuts in each panel. It was like, look, if you're gonna have a guy who has three flowing ponytails coming out of his mullet, this is I think Shadow <laughs> Starfire. Yeah. But like one panel, he has no ponytails. One he has one. Then he has the side braids, but not the back one. Just like. His mutant ability is that his hair actually changes panel to panel. Very weird, very hard power to translate if they ever wanted to use him in the animated series. Right. Well, they could just make him like Tonks from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. What are, you, what are you stepping on? Stepped on something. Don't worry about it, radio. Sometimes things break. Okay. And sometimes they're invisible and we can't tell what they are. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a tiny invisible fairy listening to our show and you broke its tiny spine. <laughs> Um, so what is uh what are the people besides Minecraft? What is all, what is everybody playing right now? That's yeah. that's something I like to yeah. To what hear are you playing? What, video game stuff. What other video games are you playing? I've got my Portal Two. I'm behind the times. I've been playing like randomly playing Ilo Milo. Then downloaded that after you know like everybody tells me I should play something and then six months later I grab it. 
And Ollie likes watching me play Isle of Mine, though. Nice. So. That one's fun. I've been logging... Nice puzzler. I've been logging some more time into Mortal Kombat, now mm. that Freddy is a part of the game, because if... I'm pretty sure I've said it about 30 times every time I've been on here, how big a fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street series I is. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's playable in Mortal Kombat is something I enjoy How do you feel bit. about them giving him another glove, though? Uh, I thought it was pretty weak. I mean, yeah. you know, but it's just, you know, me and my ability, like, my whole nerdiness now, they're trying to let that shit just go. Right. You know, it's, I can't, I've heard enough, like, from going to film school from fucking nerds where it's just like, um, uh, as you can see, uh, since his costume isn't yellow with the, with the, side, the stripes on the side, the whole movie's ruined, okay? Yeah. It's just like, all right. There is that <laughs> thing, like, be grateful this exists at all. Yeah, it's just like, if you're a huge Green Lantern fan, be glad there's a Green Lantern movie. Right, you know, and it's just one of those, like, I can understand where that's annoying, but it's like, at some point, you know, just let it go, and that's the movie's costume. That's yeah. the one they wear in the movie. You know, so I don't know. It's so that shit. I, I just kind of was like, all right, cool. He has two gloves, just because I guess he's not as lethal with just one. But right. now he's twice as evil. But a lot of his like, I, I think they did it because a lot of his combos are very like handsy slash based. So it'd be kind of like harder for him to do damage, like raking you with his burned ass fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I'm assuming that that's probably why they did that. Perfect. I'm looking at colored pages from the comic. He's got, uh, Doug's got six pages colored at the moment. Nice. Speaking of other side of the comic stuff, I actually, on my docket of things, because I like to, in my office, keep a big paper, Mm. uh, wall of papers that say what things I have to do and I cross them off as I do them so I can feel accomplished although I've, I always say yes to more shit so I never truly defeat the list especially if it's the dress <laughs> exactly but I uh, on the list about midway down the list is a doing a, uh, a turtle tamer animation test Ooh. It won't. It won't actually be comic book material, but it'll be just something drawn from me and animated by me, just to do a quick test of it. Nifty. So that way, when when the comic rolls around, we're in prime, prime ducats. What do you think? I think it looks rad, especially if that's the character I'm gonna end up voicing in the motion comic. So, <laughs> or this guy, mm-hmm. or this guy, <clears throat> the sweater gentleman. Uh yeah, yeah. <coughs> I did have you in mind. He's also like. I think of him as like Killer Croc from Batman the Animated Series. And like, mm, one time I dropped a rock on it. It was a which, big rock. Which, oddly enough, <laughs> of all the Batman Animated Series villains, he is my favorite. Huh. I think my like love of Killer Croc came more from the Animated Series and never from, never ever from the comic. Yeah. I love him in the Animated Series. He's just this like big lug. I love him in Arkham. Yeah. The Arkham game, he's awesome. I still need to play through that again. I wish you would have kept that for me. I don't I don't know if you actually had it. But uh, I don't know if I maybe I did. I gotta go back to uh pawing through the racks at GameStop. See if I can find that. I would love Mortal Kombat too. Because I'd like to play more of that with you. That that shit was really fun. Yeah, that uh that's one of those where it's like, thanks Capcom for revitalizing 2D fighters with the whole Street Fighter 4 thing. Because yeah. 3D Mortal Kombat totally sucked balls, but man, this new 2D one is 
lovely. And I like that it's 2D and that 2D from the Facts of Life is one of the playable characters. Yeah, well that's so sweet that 2D is on there. And like her fatality, she calls out like uh, Mrs. Garrett. (laughs) Mrs. Garrett, she just like just says girls, girls, girls and then like their skin flies off. I thought it was really true to source material. And one of them, she puts braces. 2D puts braces on somebody. Yeah. You'll be taking the good and taking the bad. You gotta take them both. You're taking them both. Because it takes different strokes to rule the world. Those, <laughs> those are in the same universe, though, I think. They were. Right? Yeah. And there so were was, crossovers. So is Webster, too. Webster is in that same universe, too. That seems superfluous. Because, yeah, there's like the crossover between all of those at some point. It's like adorable... I was going to be less offensive, we'll say more offensive. Adorable Negro child <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Bunnycracker parents. Now that would be a fighting game I'd get into. I think everyone would get behind like a 2D, like 80s sitcom. Oh, fighter. yeah. Angela. <laughs> What'd you talk about, Willis? Like punches and just. Uh-huh. You know? And then Willis could. You could get an alternate for Willis, would be like the cracked out version of Willis from like the mid 90s. <laughs> as long as they don't bring in the cracked out version of Dan DePlato, because that <laughs> that's in bad taste. Yeah. You like Alan Thick versus uh, I would just like Michael see, Gross. I just like to awesome. see fucking Alex P. Keaton beating everybody's ass with like, Ra- with like Reagan pictures. Kirk Cameron just wailing on people with a cross. <laughs> you got uh, Alex P. Keaton beating up people with Reagan. I would dig that. Somebody make that happen if you're out there listening. 80s sitcom SmackDown. Three's Company, throw that in there. They were like late seventies, but yeah, but, you know, it, icon- right. iconic sitcoms. And Urkel is an unlockable character. Uh, I want to see one where you can play either uh, Mike or Carol Brady, and you can pick two kids to be your call-ins who have their own special moves. You know, like one of them can just throw a football at the nose. I'd be in. I'd be in all the way on that. Allow me to, uh, once again, apologize to my wife for making her sit through the sequel to the Brady Bunch movie. <sighs> I liked it. <laughs> it's it's a movie that requires you to have seen a whole fuck ton of Brady Bunch, and if you have, it's hilarious. If you haven't, it's not. It doesn't really translate. But, um... Speaking of movies, I, uh... I'm in the process of getting rid of all of my discs. Mm. And I was going through, and I was like, found a few. I was like, I need to watch this, and I need to watch this. <laughs> and one of those that I was like, I need to watch this again was uh, The Final Destination, the original with Devin Sawa. And, yeah, that's good shit. And uh, I remember enjoying it a ton when I was, when it, when it came out. I remember, and I watched it now, and the dialogue is like, awful even for that level of horror movie Hmm. but the deaths are still so like preposterous and outlandish that i still had to say i enjoyed it you know and sorry if i spoil something from 2000 for you (laughs) but uh like the part where like the teacher lady accidentally she's like drinking vodka in like her ice glass that she got out of the freezer that she keeps in there cold because apparently the kids are hell and she just like pours it in there and like the glass you know, melts a little bit and drops it onto her huge CRT monitor. Yeah. Like, 
puts on John Denver record because that's like the running theme is like you hear John Denver you're fucking yeah. done <laughs> and like her monitor explodes and blasts a chunk of glass into her neck and she like pulls it out so she's like bleeding out and she like slips on her blood and falls and busts her head on the floor doesn't she end up pulling a bunch of knives on yeah top she of her tries to grab this towel that's like on top of the knife <laughs> block and he gets caught on the knife block and pulls it and the biggest fucking knife flips out and stabs her through the chest meanwhile all the alcohol is like it was leaking out of her glass because it's broken or something right. and like the whole kitchen lights on fucking fire and then her house blows up it is kind of beautiful <laughs> it just was like I feel it's just like holy shit it's man it's not subtle <laughs> just like that's what's up in Final Destination like you don't die once mm. you get put in like eight dying situations to make sure that like there was some some of that stuff was genuinely creepy when it was just like a breath of air and the kind of like you'd hear a whisper kind of and like the water starts creeping across the floor and like they actually managed to make a non-visible villain seem cool I did think that Sean William Scott's way he went out was actually pretty badass you know, I had like the train tracks where like he's like screaming, yeah, he's screaming, and like the piece from the like the rub, like the rubble from the car, like the piece, like a piece of shrapnel, mm. just gets kicked up by the train wheel and just decapitates him. Like now that that's what's up. Like holy <laughs> shit, that's all that's outrageous. So do people play? And somebody's playing Kingdom Rush. I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? I don't. Is TF uh, is TF two Team Fortress two? I would think so. It's a, it's Transformers. Transformers two, the game. Like ugh. Yeah. Great. Oh, it's a uh, Kingdom Rush is like tower defense, maybe. That could be tight. I do enjoy me some towers. Sometimes websites make noise, even when I don't want them to, and they continue to make noise. Shut up. So you like Felicia Day? I do. I like Felicia Day. Have you started? Have you read anything from Lisa Foyless at mm. all? She's She's like a she's a dyed redhead who's also super hot, a gamer, and she's like a correspondent for Kotaku.com. Huh. She was also on one of my favorite shows as a younger lad, uh, even Stevens. She's one of the fr- she's one of the friends of the female sister. Hmm. But uh, it's funny because like they're very different. Whereas like Felicia Day is this like mousy, like awkwardy nerdy girl. Yeah. Like Lisa Foyless is this like I know I'm a hot nerdy girl. Right. So it's like. They're like my my twin red-haired gaming nerd goddesses that are dueling it out with one another. I've really been getting into uh, Adrian Curry's Twitter feed. She's she's just interesting. The chick that won uh, she won the first top model, and then like did a Playboy shoot, pissed off Tyra Banks, married uh, Peter married Brady, him, yeah, and uh, that just Brady. just recently blew up, but. Like, she's making a living now just, like, playing World of Warcraft and doing commercials and, like, going to cons and amazing costumes that she makes. So it's like, seeing the slave Leia who's being paid to be there and is kind of hoish and weird, and then seeing somebody who, like, made a movie-accurate costume down to the tiniest detail of Eon Flux and, and wearing it out on the floor, like... Having genuine nerd cred and being that smoking hot is a cool combination. And she is. And also that she keeps tweeting pictures of her in various stages of undress. Like That's <laughs> that, never bothered yeah, me at all. That works too for everyone. I'll take that. You can do it. 
Uh, what else do we have? Um, somebody said... Uh, KMD just finished Infamous 2. Did How was Infamous 2? Like, you I heard that it was... I, I played the first one. I didn't... The second one did, I was just like, you know... As the first one was a contained story. I was like, well, that's cool. But, you know... I just really wasn't into it the way that, like... A sandbox game like, say, Red Dead Redemption... Hmm. Which, that, I think, is... That's another one of those where if... If I were to say that... Um, Bioshock and Bioshock 2 are probably my favorite or just the Bioshock series has been my favorite series of this console generation Red Dead is like literally within a hair of being the best game that I played Hello? of this of this generation it's, it's up in my probably my top five I very rarely do I feel compelled to play a game to its completion like after I beat it right like, it was like you've got 86% of the game done and he's like, ah, oh, that's good enough, whatever. Yeah. But I felt compelled fine. for Red Dead to go and get that 100% statistic. I had to have it. Um. Uh, Minty Giant says, it's clear to me now how embedded you are in the series. Um, Final Destination 1 was fine for me. Each successive version only diluted it. Yeah, kind of. I well, liked the I liked the second one okay. The second one's the one where the big glass pane falls and crushes the like the eleven year old, isn't it? <laughs> like isn't that the second one? Because there, there was the like, like guy getting ripped apart by exploding an exploding barbed wire fence. That yeah, that dude. Like, yeah, because the car blows up and it blasts yeah. the, the barbed wire fence and just tears that dude in in, in Twain <laughs> or into a, a series of pieces <laughs> into Mark Twain. As I frequently as I drive down the highway I think of the the death that was the like she gets into a giant accident and comes to a stop and there's a like spike going through the back of her headrest almost touching her and she's going and then the airbag just bam and just blasts (laughs) her back and like yeah that was fun after that like I watched the third one until the deaths in the tanning bed and for some reason I found that kind of disturbing and it was like you know this isn't fun anymore like there's there's nothing but nasty yeah you know, well like, I mean torturing women to death is like a pet peeve of mine I think I that's kind of a I like that hobby that's kind of like a big deal now I mean after the Saw movies you know as we've had this discussion many times I'm I think I'm a relatively classic horror fan yeah whereas I think like the Saw movies are just except for the first one which I liked I thought the rest of them were just god awful and later just try even harder and harder to just be like ridiculous or it's just like hello Pete you are <laughs> like you are strapped in to a rocket but inside of your heart is a bomb made of diamonds like what and it's like if it explodes it'll fire through your head and the key is wrapped inside of this dog and just like but what and the dog is in San Francisco you have five <laughs> hours to get there it's like what <laughs> like there's no way to, to beat can't that can't you just kill a guy it's just like now it's just it's one of those like those that series got so away from like life is precious what will you do to realize how precious your life is Uh, and just became like let's put somebody in some kind of crazy death machine and watch them get torn apart right I don't know I don't really do torture porn I thought that like the first hostel was interesting because it was the rare example where the protagonists were guys and so it was like that that's an interesting thing to do to, to be torturing dudes to death alright fair play you asshole who made cabin fever 
But <laughs> Eli Roth. But uh, then the sequel, it was right back to nope. We're just going to torture women to death. And like, yeah, the issues, man. Deep seated issues. That part though, in the first hostel though, where the guy gets like drilled yeah. into his lungs and like they hear him like gurgling on his own like lung blood. That was pretty pretty brutal. <laughs> and the of course when he's like, You're free to go after he like cuts his Achilles tendons in his feet and he tries to stand up. Right. That part was that part was pretty oof. Way, to, yeah. way to go, Eli Roth, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm still mad at him from Cabin Fever. That movie was terrible. Did you see Cabin Fever? I did. It was terrible. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I hated it. There was the whole, like, randomly throwing in, like, puns and, and like, silly slapstick stuff. Like, with the guy at the beginning, like, oh, that gun there is for the niggers. And then at the end, the black guy's coming, he's like, what's up, my niggas? And gives him the gun, and like, uh, get it? Because you thought he was racist, and that's wacky. Yeah. Is the first Cabin Fever the one where he's fingering the girl and then he like comes back out and like she's rotting out right there and yeah and he was fingering her wound yeah and didn't understand the difference because Eli Roth has never touched a vagina before <laughs> at that point he may have touched one since yeah maybe he's he's getting the Tarantino trim now yeah. so that's, that's like the weirdest partnership too is that Tarantino is just in love with him like yeah that's his like that's, marginally talented genre filmmaker and Tarantino, who's like incredibly talented, occasional maker of good films. We can talk about that in a minute. I'm going to take a little music. <laughs> so we were talking uh, in the chat. We're talking we'll about. Uh, got it. We'll continue this later. Christian Christian themed horror movies, like you know, Stigmata kind of thing. I was noting how it's always the Catholic theology because there's a, like uncertainty built into Catholicism. So, like, Baptist horror movies be like, I'm going to drag you to hell. Like, no, you're not. I said the prayer. I'm saved. I'm born again. You just can't touch me. And that would be the end of the movie. Like, you'd never wonder, like, is Satan going to win at the end of days? Like, ah, nope. Like, they, you, can't, you can't lose your salvation. So, uh, yeah, and so we got to uh, the Baptist horror movie is Michelle Bachman, the uh, President Bachman, the movie. <laughs> and someone said, and you could tell they're not from Minnesota, they said, well, at least it's not Palin. Like, yeah, I will yeah. take Palin. Yeah, you haven't seen a fucking delicious brand of crazy until you've let Michelle Bachman speak about how the planet's like 4,000 years old and that the dinosaurs helped build the Mall of America and all sorts of other bullshit that she likes to talk about. And that she's, we're still afraid that this, she was talking about, like, we're afraid that the Soviet Union is going to rise and take over America. Like, the Soviet Union? <laughs> they briefed her with Red Dawn. You realize that... <laughs> <laughs> like the guy that Reagan beat? <laughs> yeah, she was saying, like, you know, that we're weakening America. And she also promised that if she gets elected, gas will drop to $2 a gallon. Well, it's because we're going to end up drilling everywhere in every right. state. Even places where they're, like, have been proven to have no oil. They're just going to be drilling. <laughs> See, why are you drilling at the AMPM on the corner of Bloomington and 34th? Because <laughs> I have to. She's going to. I don't know. If you're gonna, if you're just gonna promise the moon, promise the moon. You're like, if I'm elected, we will build a base on the moon, out of oil and diamonds. 
And uh, I'd live in a fucking moon base made of oil and diamonds. Well, see, there's no uh, there's no atmosphere on the moon, Miss Bachman. That's what the liberal media would like you to believe. God wouldn't have put a moon in the sky and not put an atmosphere on it. That's true. Yo. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, horror. Horror. Modern horror? Horror. Horror. Modern horror. Like, what was the last movie, like, modern horror movie that you enjoyed? Because I know it wasn't, uh, whatever, the one that made you laugh. Oh, oh god it wasn't insidious but I made sure that I own insidious because of how much fun I had watching it <laughs> like I, I couldn't have seen a worse horror movie in a long time but I haven't seen a better comedy yeah. in a long long time either so it's like it's one of those where it's like when saw, like after I saw it and people were asking I said what'd you think a friend of mine said it's the scariest movie I've ever seen and I was like that's <laughs> You need to get a new fucking friend because that person is not going to be helpful in a situation that's actually scary. <laughs> like, but man, there were so many good like just laughing points, and a lot of just really. I'm not a parent, but right. there's a point in the movie where like over the baby monitor, the mom hears a ghost, a spirit, like violently talking to their baby, and she doesn't run upstairs to check on the baby until after it starts screaming at full volume at it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying if I were a parent in that situation, I hate to, to do these words. Like, if it were me... <laughs> no, but, I think it's safe to say, like, in but, the the real world, if you heard anything on the baby monitor that wasn't your baby breathing... Yeah, I would haul ass upstairs coffee. to see what's up. And, like, she just waited. She's like, no, let's let it ride. Well, she's having that conversation with, like, the psychopath <laughs> spirit. <laughs> it's like, uh, all the things. So, so what has been, like, good horror recently? Good horror recently. Like, maybe, uh... Drag Me to Hell was pretty tight. Drag Me to Hell was good. Nightmare on Elm Street was not. <laughs> no. It was pretty mediocre in its execution and its planning. There was a lot of fridge logic in Nightmare on Elm Street, where watching it was like, yeah, fuck, yeah, boiler room, yeah. But then it was like, wait, he's a gardener. And the boiler, so the boiler thing doesn't really make any sense at all for them to still be wandering around the basement, because he's not the janitor who lives in the basement, he's a gardener. Yeah. They should be wandering around a giant tool shed. <laughs> That'll be fine. And there was the part... Well, they tried like, to play that whole thing that like he ran and hid in that boiler room, and that's where they killed him. Which seems like a weird workaround. Well, like, it's, a, it's a really flimsy way they of went, like, getting there. They went there. for like, why does he have those knives? Because he's a gardener. Gardeners need knives like that. Do they? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like Hector over there, and he's just like... Slacking away at the plant, like yeah. wow, it actually is very effective. It's like Edward Scissorhands is the scariest thing that we can think of. And there was the like, maybe the kids were lying about being molested, and maybe he was innocent that they played that, with for a while. That part was not fresh. And that, that part I was, was completely sad. against. Like the because whole... you could tell that was just a previous draft where someone's like, oh wait, wait, wait. What yeah. if he's like wrongly accused and it's really the kid's fault? And they <laughs> ran with that for a while. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah, because like at that point, then it's like, yeah, maybe Freddy should fucking kill these kids for lying and ruining that dude's life. <laughs> like that's how you feel. And it's like, nope, just kidding. I did do it. Like that part was like, all right. Well, I'm then glad. Now, now I'm cheering for the kids again. But like, you gave me that with like ten minutes left. So it's like all that shit. I'm, that I, I'm relieved that you didn't go for the like demonization of children who claim to be molested. Right? That's great. But then they were like, so what he did was. He touched the children, and then he scratched their back with his knives. 
yeah. and yet the parents were still not sure whether anything was going down or not and it all made sense while I was watching it and when it was done yeah. it's like what the but that, fuck just that one that one scene though with the EpiPen and the adrenaline that part I loved just through and through I thought was just super awesome that was the whole just like don't you you could die and it's like well if the options are me doing this and I possibly fucking die or I fall asleep and that fucking dude kills me then I'm gonna take the <laughs> one that there's a chance that I don't die <laughs> cause like that I'm like that's good job Nightmare on Elm Street you hit one really serious solid <laughs> right. like point i loved it i'll take freddy versus jason for the uh like non-canonical remix that was yeah. that was fine which is weird because like those platinum dune guides made remade the jason one and the the new friday the 13th i enjoyed immensely yeah i, I don't care what anybody says i i think that did a really good job of taking all that bullshit mythology and just condensing it to nope it's gonna be him the whole time he's gonna have the hockey mask the whole time and it's just it's gonna be fine well, and a lot of that came from that same like push the glasses up nerdlery that I was talking about earlier it's like he doesn't run like right. who fucking cares like if he Let runs run, around that's great <laughs> like who fucking gives a shit that he's running around in this one <laughs> like I don't <laughs> and, and I've seen all the night or the Fridays like a million times yeah. too I think I've only seen the first couple the second one has probably the best one ever because it shows that Jason doesn't discriminate in who he kills. Because the handicapped guy catches a machete right to the head, and uh, <laughs> and not only does he catch the machete right to the head, they then have like the good faith to have him be on a slippery deck because it's raining, and he rolls backwards and falls down the stairs in his wheelchair, bobbling <laughs> around with the machete in his head. So it's like, good lord. Look at the ten best horror films of the last. Oh, the Descent years. was awesome. The Descent was really, really good. That I haven't seen. The Hills Have Eyes didn't see. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake was cool. Like it was good. I don't know if I thought it was better than the other one. I anytime I hear like, dude, there's this totally awesome rape scene, I tend to skip it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like. You I don't know. know. I don't know if I thought the Hills Have Eyes remake was better than the original Hills Have Eyes. Sure. You know, so it's like that's one of my ones with the remakes too. Is like, or it's like if you if you're gonna make the same thing, you at least have to make it better, or else you're technically a failure. Right. <laughs> Twenty eight days. I have seen like half of. Twenty eight days later, I haven't seen it all. Oh, free piano with free hauling. Bring it over. Put it in the basement. The original saw. Still I haven't seen. It. Haven't seen the descent. High Tension I liked a lot. I heard about that. You should see that. Audition I won't see. Audition is really fucked up. It's, uh, did you see the Masters of Horror that Takeshi Miike did? Is, which one is his? Because I have all it's of the, them. The one with the abortion doctor in feudal Japan. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And there's a scene where they're sticking bamboo into somebody's face and under the fingernails and... I don't know, like, the Masters of Horror, that whole series had at least a little bit of an elephant, an elephant? It had an elephant. It had an element of fun to it, where it's like, oh, fuck yeah, they're killing some guys, right on. And that one was just not fun at all. It was just kind of disturbing, yeah. and... I really liked the, uh, the one with Moonface. The one with the, the incident on and off a mountain road. Yeah, that That's was... the uh, one I really, really enjoyed. That was based on a short story by Joe R. Lansdale, who's just an incredibly interesting writer. So yeah, that was excellent. Sixth Sense says horror, I guess. The girl who, under the tent, when she's just, like, under a blanket, and then 
Oh, like, I'm feeling much better now. Is it? Yeah. That was pretty scary. Oh, Mishka Barton, the girl who would later be on the OC. <laughs> yeah, it makes it less scary. Like the ring scared the shit out of me until I learned that that's Lilo. Oh and yeah, the little girl in Donnie Darko. And after that, it was like, okay, Samara's not scary anymore. She's Lilo. But the first time we saw the ring, especially because midway through our phone rang. That's pretty spooky. That was scary. We jumped like... The ring did a really good job of making the viewer uneasy just by keeping the camera really close to everybody. Felt really claustrophobic and never opened up. And with the number one they have down there is the orphanage. The orphanage is also pretty good. That's. I would like to see that. I think that's. I think that's on Netflix, actually. Yeah, that was pretty good. I don't know. For me, I think. uh, I don't know. The scariest movie for me that I've ever seen is probably Session Nine. That's kind of. That's probably my one. Uh Just like the fact that it was was made creepy to made to be a. a USA like movie of the week special uh-huh. and then about by the end when they're viewing like this shit's just too fucking spooky to be a TV movie so they just released it as a direct video and it's one of those where it's like it's one of the few movies where the place like the locale is as much a character as the rest of the actors yeah it has that same kind of shining vibe where it's like man I would never ever want to spend any time in that that converted yeah. mental institution that they're in that would be my uh, too bad we can't stay yeah and it's and it's one where it's like you know the, the characters are asbestos removers like it's one of those where it's like off the wall random group of people uh-huh. you know it's not like me and my five friends are extreme sports nuts and we're, we're gonna, gonna go out so fucked up. <laughs> we're gonna go get fucking eat all these mushrooms and go up into this place known as like hell's bread basket and like right. mutant cannibals up there <laughs> you know it's like uh, we're just here because we're failing asbestos company and we need to get a job and turn it around really yeah. quick. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty awesome. When you can actually root for, or at least be a little sad when somebody gets it. Yeah. I liked, a lot of people didn't, but I liked the grudge. That scared, scared the balls Which off. Which is that okay. the, the Sarah Michelle Gellar one? Yeah, yeah, and then now I can't see, like I was maybe going to start watching horror movies because Josh was trying to get me into it. So when you see the is grudge... It- and I was under my was chair it? in the theater most of see, the time. See, I and see, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people that is also kind of like punishing with it. So like when me and Mara would go to bed, I'd just go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she'd be like, "Stop it!" I'm like it's me, but this time it's not. Uh. <laughs> no, it was. It was more like in most horror movies there is a safe place and then like a safe zone. Or a safe time, right? That, that did not exist. Yeah, having the ghosts be like a virus that just will get you no matter what. I was impressed. And it was a that, fucking floating lady, like when she's sitting, yeah. and then like the lady who's like comes out of the dark shadows. When I'm in a dark yeah. room, that fucking lady is in there <laughs> yeah. in the shadows. They never. Um, I was impressed with the scene where the ghost lady is coming at Sarah Michelle Gellar. And they never cut away from it. When she's like, and you, yeah, you can see that it's just some Japanese lady in makeup, but she is still fucking terrifying, even when she's like three inches from your face. Yeah. And it never cuts away or goes to some weird CG effect. It's just a Japanese lady making the scariest face she can, and by God, does that work? In the moment, I, uh, I love. They're talking about the want to see biblical angels. I, uh, yeah, I, like I, actual. Yeah, I showed bayonetta I showed, style angels. Yeah, I showed Mara um, my favorite episode of Doctor Who, which mm. is called Blink. 
which if there's any Doctor Who heads from the new series, not not the old stuff. Um, it's about stone angels and oh. how they're actually like one of the oldest life forms in the universe. Mm. And you know, like the, the ones that are crying, like the weeping ones. Uh-huh. And they're like their original name is the Lonely Assassins because what they are is that when no one's looking at them, they're completely like corporeal and just like can move around and like touch you and kill you. Huh. But their defense mechanism is that the moment anyone sees them, they instantly turn to stone. Uh-huh. And the thing is, they're not crying; they're covering their eyes because if they ever see one of their own kind, they both instantly turn to stone forever. <laughs> so, like this whole episode is like none of it is done with visual effects either. It's all like they've got like forty different mock-ups of these statues that are in different like positions, huh. and like people passing by them are looking away and look back and they're like yeah. like closer. And this is a fucking sweet episode. So, if anyone is looking to get into Doctor Who, that's a great episode to watch. That's a way to take the uh, Boo from Mario Brothers and make it. <laughs> like significantly <or> scary. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, that looks awesome. I think it could be That's fun. got uh, the the Jesus of Scientology's wife in it, does it not? Oh, is Katie Holmes in there? I thought it did. I don't know. <clears throat> All I saw was Either Guillermo way, del Toro and like, sweet. I just, so, I really dug that trailer where it's just like the whole, uh, you think you're safe sitting there in the dark and like you're in the movie theater and it's just like the whisper with yeah. nothing going on and then it just says that and then it's like don't be afraid of the dark pops up and that's the whole trailer I'm like that's awesome you've got me right from that trailer alone guys that, uh, there was another movie that I guess came out that was a bunch of people trapped in a Cynthia? town Cynthia knows what I'm talking yeah. about in a town that, where the power's out and there are things in the dark and every time, like, if a shadow touches you, it pretty much drags you to hell. And had John Leguizamo in it and a couple of people. And apparently it came out and wasn't very good, but my God, the trailer looked great. Just, like, failing generator kind of thing. I guess, uh, yeah, don't blink, because you blink and you're dead, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> that's another part of the, the Doctor Who thing. Yeah, actual Christian angels would be interesting. Bayonetta actually did that. I'll give them credit. They took the Christian mythology and actually looked at the descriptions of the angels that are like, there's a wheel with eyes all over it and another wheel with eyes all over it inside of that one and 18 wings and seven goat heads and three sheep heads. There was some really good mushrooms, I think, around growing around where some of these dudes got got into it. See what else they have over there. The remake, uh, remake of the Dawn of the Dead was good. That's Zack Snyder's first was his first thumbs up right. for me. Did it have uh, extremely loud sound effects? <laughs> and I think ramping. I'm pretty sure it totally did. Was there a lot of ramping? I don't think there was as much ramping as he got into you know later on with everything else. Uh, there you go. So, you know, Session Nine made that guy's list. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I mean, I guess oh. if you want to if you want to call it a horror movie because it's got zombies in, then fuck yeah, that's just a good movie by itself. Because it Edgar, was reasonably scary though. Edgar Wright's just kind of the man. Like he's just yeah, he's just good. Like he's a filmmaker. I kind of model the things I do after. Battle Royale. Awesome. You know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those ones for all you people who love like Hunger Games. If you want to see what. What it would look like if it was actually really hardcore. <laughs> I've been given to understand that Hunger Games is fairly hardcore, though. It is. Right. You know, I, I read the first one, and I want to read the other ones. But to say that, like, one is more hardcore than the other... Like, Hunger Games, like, they have these, you know, different, like, animals and shit that are, like, genetically modified and, like, crazy 
gory shit happens. But like, it's not the it's not the same as like there's the class photo being taken of all these freshmen. And like, you're my best friend. And then to cut to like, fucking like mowing your best friend down. Huh. Because, you know, they're trying to kill you. And it's like, holy shit, that is, that is really hardcore. Because like Hunger Games, they dance around the whole like, you and, there can only be one. And you and your friend from your district or whatever will eventually have to end each other. And they, they, they dance around that whole shit. And in Battle Royale, it's like, there are people yeah. killing their friends right off the bat. <laughs> wonder if anybody ever made a movie of the long walk the Stephen King book nope the long walk home by Sissy Spacek did and just, Goldberg. Uh, I think that's probably not did Marvel make that official today if we scroll down Edgar Wright's list there Ant-Man. yeah it looks like it's been officialized that must, been that's, that's one of the ones then that Disney had put on their 2014 list that's so, special that's nice I like that a lot he develops an instrument that helps him communicate with and control insects. Is that canon? Yep. He can okay. well not insects, but ants. Yeah. And then the same thing. He also uses his pim particles to grow to giant size and to shrink down to miniature size. Aw. AJ Hunter made the uh, dancing FHD logo, but he's not gonna upload it right now. <laughs> That's. He's like, just wanted y'all to know just, that was finished. Hey. Just want to let you know that this is what's up, but you can't have it. Uh, yeah, KMB was saying that they, uh, using a, the Jewish, like, apocrypha for a horror movie would be kind of interesting. Like a Gollum movie. That'd I guess. cool. I, I can see that being a lot like Troll Hunter. I would like to see Troll Hunter. Pretty cool. He's this crazy killer rabbi, maybe. <laughs> it's like, you are not kosher. <laughs> Oh, God. So you a guy running around circumcising people <laughs> against their world. I'm already circumcised. Not enough. We'll have to get rid of that foreskin around your head. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just the tip. <laughs> yeah, out of control moil. It'll be perfect. Somebody said Native American religions. Yeah, not enough has been done with the freaky shit that you can get up to with Native American stuff. There was the uh, classic movie Werewolf. Warwolf, Warwolf, that uh, dealt with skinwalkers, yeah, it's Texas skin rangers, <laughs> as Mystery Science Theater put forth. I'm so glad that that movie exists, though. It's terrible, but it's been such a cultural touchstone. The werewolf movie where nobody can say werewolf. But the GM is a Warwolf. That's a werewolf. <laughs> He's a goddamn lycanthrop. <laughs> I think that you can stream Werewolf now And children, if you haven't watched that You go watch it, I'll wait So I uh, Speaking of other, the DVD pile Going through shit that I wanted to watch before I got rid of it um, I, wa- I started watching Cursed Again, which is I remember being awful, Isn't really it? awful When I was, when it came out Which is, you know, Chris- it's Christina Ricci Werewolf movie yeah, the one that they took away from Wes Craven. Yeah, and then rewrote and redid, like, yeah. after he finished shooting it. <laughs> but um, it's funny because it, I started the movie up, and I love watching those movies that I didn't know who these people were when they made the movie. Uh-huh. And, you know, you got your normal, like, there's Shan Elizabeth, yeah, I knew who she was then. There's Maya, of course, I knew who she was. You know, she was a singer popular back then, Christina Ricci. But the little brother couldn't remember who he was. The little brother in that movie is Jesse fucking Eisenberg. <laughs> and then uh, 
the bully at school who beats him up is Emilio Ventimiglia from Heroes. Oh, shit. <laughs> and the fortune teller who reads Shannon Elizabeth's fortune in the very beginning of the movie is Portia de Rossi from Better Off Ted and Arrested Development. So, That's kind of excellent. So, so I was like, all right. You know. <laughs> I think of Portia de Rossi as the making out with Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. <laughs> of Ellen DeGeneres making out with fame. And of uh, Siren's fame. Because that was one of the movies that ushered me into puberty. That was... Um, Sam Neill, Dr. Alan Grant, and Hugh Grant, and because the cover of it just had naked women on it, and I was like, okay, this is rated R, I'll go for this, and uh, yeah, it was just Sam Neill, and it had like Elle McPherson and Portia de Rossi just kind of nude the entire time. Excellent film. Anything with Sam Neill in it is worth seeing once. Well, I mean, he is Dr. Alan Grant, so... I always like to imagine, like, when I was watching Event Horizon, that he was actually Dr. Alan Grant, who somehow <laughs> made it all the way to the future. <laughs> How about uh, during uh, In the Mouth of Madness? <laughs> Velociraptor doesn't think like that. He'll slash you right through your belly. And That's an Elder God. That's not a Velociraptor at all. <laughs> Jurassic Park 4 has been announced. Yeah. For some reason. Only ever saw the first one of those. They progressively got worse. Although the third one has a scene where Dr. Alan Grant is on the airplane sleeping, and he dreams he's speaking with a talking Velociraptor. That's so that shame. that's kind of the best thing that's ever happened in the series. But it <laughs> happens to be in like the worst one. That's a high note, sure. And with you know with the Jurassic Park series, like and just movies in general, as the sequels go on, they just feel the need to like hype it up and keep making it more badass. Uh-huh. So, like, instead of, like, the T-Rex being, like, the mega badass, like, the Spinosaurus, like, the one that's, like, way bigger than T-Rex and has, like, a fin oh. on his back that's, like, it's, like, three times the size of T-Rex and has, like, a crocodile's head and it's way more badass. Like, it just shows up in the first, like, 20 minutes and just fucks up a whole bunch of T-Rexes. <laughs> and it's, like, yeah, this dude's really badass, which is unnecessary when you think about it because, like, a T-Rex would fuck up a human being, you know, still, regardless of how that worked out. Yeah, and how, the how deep into that do you need to go? <laughs> yeah, it's like, big dinosaur still fucks up a human being anyway you slice it. No, check it out. They have uh, machine guns in this one. Polar bears driving motorcycles? Yep. I mean, that was the uh, the big draw of uh, the His Dark Materials movie, was just watching polar bears with armor mess each other up. Um... Hey, we're out of stuff to talk about. What should we talk about, radio? Radio. Uh, think about that. I'm going to have to play some DC Talk. Don't think that I won't. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that to happen. Except me. Don't you have any questions for Adam Dunn, the baseball player? The Adam Dunn? <laughs> About my batting average, perhaps? <laughs> well, we all know what you're batting at. Ten million. Which is even better than perfect. Jesus Christ, that song is long. I don't think I'm going to play that song. It's very long. All of these DC Talk songs are like five minutes long. That's terrible. They are all of them. I can't commit. I can't commit to five minutes of DC Talk tonight. 
give them something. Give them a little something. Go ahead, man. Break it down. When you really break it down. We're just two honks and a Negro serving the Lord. We're just two honks and a Negro singing our song. They were two honks and a Negro. That's what they were. I heard they were serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's what I got out of that whole deal. I kind of like to think whenever somebody says serving the Lord now, he's like, that's right, you got served, Jesus. I'd like to see Jesus just embarrassed in a dancing competition. I'd be down, <laughs> I'd be down for that in, in any way. Uh, Ani DeFranco is playing the day before your birthday. It would totally go. Uh. <laughs> And celebrate your lesbianness. You should celebrate my birthday with Ani DeFranco. You know who I'm going to see is They Might Be Giants in October. Even though Jonathan Colton is a punk and is not going to that show. You'll have to listen to his CDs before you go to the show. I'm like, yeah, Colton put on a really awesome set in my car. Yeah, they totally, they totally opened for They Might Be Giants everywhere but here. I don't know who's going to open. Boy, uh, Frontalot had some pretty terrible openers. It's funny that, you know, he had the bad openers when you could probably have maybe talked Tucson into opening for him. He had another gig, though. He oh, was posting. It? Yeah, apparently these guys came with the venue. They're oh, okay. the, the trendy, trendy space vegans. They did provide uh, some vegan zucchini cupcakes, which were delicious, I mm. must say. But, yeah, it was definitely that, like, gypsy rock of, like, Google Bordello, but if they weren't very good at playing their instruments... And then the lead singer was just like, Yep, we probably would have had 30 or 40 Yag Bombs by that time. Which, if you look at it where we were in space and time, I probably had already had about 30 or 40 Yag Bombs at Right, you were, you were away drinking, and I was like, we were upstairs at the bar above the venue and were just like talking to the to like Brandon and MC Front a lot because we knew we weren't going to miss their show as long as we were sitting there talking to them. Right. And it would just occasionally like duck down and go, uh, are they still on? Yep, they're still on. <laughs> like, who's up next? Oh, a couple of terrible guys trying to like do a funny joke parody of nerdcore hip hop. And like, that seems like a terrible idea. Like, you wouldn't invite. Say, like, you're going to a, like, you're putting on a show with, like, Great White, you know, or, or Warrant. You're not going to have as your opener somebody who's making fun of Warrant. Like, that doesn't make any sense. The guys, <laughs> are, if you're there to see Warrant, you're there to see Warrant. R.I.P. Janie Lane, by the way. I just wanted to say that on mic, too. <laughs> it's a weird thing to do. It would be like having Richard Cheese open for Radiohead. It'd be strange. You can have a weird owl open for anybody, though. It's fine. That's true. Somebody's saying it's hard to find good teachers nowadays. And that's because teachers get no respect and are paid like chumps and then are demonized for not being good teachers. Oddly enough, fewer people are signing up for that. <laughs> like, Except my wife, who cares enough to send the very best. Did you see the Michelle Bachman thing, too, that she said, that our education system in Minnesota is failing, and then the the results came out with the ACT test, and Minnesota scores, like, on average, like, two or three points higher than everyone else <laughs> yes. in the country? <laughs> it's just like, hmm. That's, uh... She just likes to say shit. Really. Jesus told me that I punched a dog once. Like, also, happy birthday. I just want to say happy birthday to the king. Um, today is... The death of the king. 
I, I feel bad for her, like, speechwriters and her spear catchers to, like, have to spit everything. I don't think she has fucking speechwriters. I think she yeah. just says shit. Did you just say you feel bad for her spear chuckers? Because that's yeah. incredibly racist. Spear catchers. Oh, okay. Who are the spear catchers? Like, the uh, the people who, when they when she says something ridiculous, has to try and spin it. Oh, yeah. Her, yeah. Like, so, I mean, I feel bad for those people because it's, like, literally when it's, like, Jesus told me once I punched a dog. And it's, like, well, what she meant was the dog of economic inflation. Right. And, like, like literally it's, like, two guys are, like, Larry, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Like, she's making it harder every day. <laughs> like, she just said that Obama is bad for the economy because he wears shirts with too many buttons. <laughs> now what are we going to do? All right. I think it was a metaphorical shirt. <laughs> and that Obama was also a hypothetical Obama. And we should point out that Obama is black. And <laughs> that frightens people. So, <laughs> so yeah. What like, she meant was Barack Hussein Obama. I think they're just going to hire the guy who does the Mexican soccer calls. <laughs> does goal. To just go, Hussein. I did. Did you see the uh, the Daily Show thing? I posted it up on the, uh, the internet about... How anytime Ron, uh, Ron Paul is like doing anything, they just they make sure that they don't want to even talk about him. So they're just like uh, they did the straw poll, and they're like the thing you know in, in Iowa, and just like it came down to it, and it looks like it's Michelle Bachman and Mitt Romney, even though the fact that Ron Paul took second, and then they have like, <laughs> all these different things from Fox News showing that it's like. Like, we need to not count out this guy. And it's just like, that guy, he's the guy who lost so bad, he lost to the guy who lost bad enough to quit the race. <laughs> Ron Paul took second. <laughs> like, and then, like, the end, they just show a thing saying how much they don't need to care about Ron Paul <laughs> on Fox. And it's just like, wow. Think about Ron Paul, though. I don't know. I have a friend who every time I say, like, God, can you believe the Republican war on poor people? And they're like, well, that's why Democrats are just as bad. You need to vote for Ron Paul. Like, but Ron Paul is kind of a Republican and is kind of for the same things that I'm against. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter that he's this magical third-party candidate. He's not, like, bringing in peace and love and, make, you know, like, taking care of the poor and the environment. He's very much the, like, everybody needs to just stand or fall on their own regardless. Right. And... Well, no, I just think it's funny that, like, for that whole party that likes to champion all of these values, like, the guy who literally has never wavered once from that value system is right. the guy that they're trying to distance themselves from the most. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what? I was amused that, that uh, Teapot got out of the race that early. I thought it was funny that when they showed the video of them all yelling Teapot, I thought that they were yelling Tupac, and I was like, huh. wow, that's awesome. I would vote for that guy. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, we can vote for, can we bring Tupac back from the dead then? And they're like, oh, he's not dead, he's just in like, Colombia. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he's a staunch Republican, too. Really? He just comes out, you know, Everybody said that if we vote for Obama, there would be change. But I see no changes. I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, like, yes, uh, fucking. I think I'm voting Republican. Why? Fucking Tupac's on the ba on the ballot, man. Like, did you know that Dr. Dre is his running mate? This is so rad. They did California Love live at a press conference. They didn't talk about a single issue, but I'm sold. He's promising me the best for my Jimmy in the city of sex. Somebody just sent uh, a uh, 
picture of a hipster girl complains that only 21% of computer programmers are female, double majors in women's studies and English. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Thank you for linking me to funny stuff on the internet. I do like the uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereal did one that said, like, what should happen? You know, there aren't enough women in science. How can we make women feel like science is a viable career for them and get them interested in science at a young age? What actually happens? Women aren't as interested in science. How do we make science pink? <laughs> yeah. Oh, children. Now, I, I could definitely get into the uh, liberal rant mode, but I won't. <laughs> but I won't. I could do it, but I'm not going to do it. If you would like a soda. <laughs> you may have, have one of mine. Some sodas for you to have. <sighs> Usually there would be all kinds of questions. People would be like, hey, tell me about this game. But the people who are into the mechanics of the game enough to ask questions about it know that I'm not going to be able to answer them. Makes sense. So they don't try. September's end of the month is going to be cool. It's going to have a whole lot of moving parts. I have, uh, we've got dueling spreadsheets going right now of the ridiculous number of items that can be spawned from this item of the month. And we'll be picking the best of them when Zach gets back. It's going to be fun. You're going to like it. Or you're going to pay the consequence. Oh, by the way, uh, KOLCon 8 is officially KOLCon 8-bit. So the, uh, like, every year there's a t-shirt. Last year was Seven Deadly Dwarves, which has a fantastic t-shirt with all of the seven deadly sins as embodied by stick figure dwarves. Uh, this one is KOLCon 8-bit, and hopefully we'll have some kind of groovy Zelda-looking sword martini guy. Please dress appropriately. If you have the pixelated tie from ThinkGeek, feel free to wear that. Not everyone's going to have that thing. Yeah. Which is fine. Uh, I'm looking at stuff. Uh, last time Jake made a remark of regret for making the comic chameleon, which prevents me from donating sometimes, says another fan. Trust me, I donated more for the meat to get the comma than the familiars I would have to use the familiars I've emulated using it. I really wish I had read the end of that to realize that I have no idea what he just said. And I understand what he's talking about. But boy, that was a thing. Um... You have eight more minutes, kids. Give me something. Zach's gonna come back and he's gonna listen to these shows and he's gonna be like, Scully, what the fuck, man? And I'll be like, Mulder, fuck, man. So I didn't decide to go hiking around Mount Rainier. <laughs> is it Rainier or is it Rainier? I prefer to think it's Mount Rainier. Perhaps Mount Renault. He's, uh. Mount Rainier. He's, he's driving a Renault. Of uh, Mount Ranier. Rianyar. Yeah, I wish that, you know, I wish that math had been something that I had actually gotten into. Like, seeing what people are doing now, like, if somebody had told me in junior high or high school, check it, there are going to be robots that people are going to be making and programming that can do just about anything. There are going to be, like, quad 
copter hovering robots that build shit and your job could be programming them and putting them together and flying these little autonomous helicopter robots I would have taken a fucking math class if I had known that I, I would have got to make robots but nobody knew that's so. true <clears throat> I did I hated the whole math thing when I was in the high school but then when I my career like VFX is literally nothing but mathematics right and it's just literally right. visual representation of math so like it's like well I guess I'm a mathematician now by trade right <laughs> so right. That's, that's cool but like after all those years of IMP I know there's not a single fucking word problem in visual effects <laughs> yeah, I can't do anything but isn't it like if you're say animating somebody dumping out a bucket full of playground balls you don't have to go okay well it's force over matter times three and the balls no. are, you just plug in the like physics module for balls right right <laughs> physics module for balls but uh no like more of the stuff for like when you're compositing is adding light together and uh, the fact that if you you know when you break physical rules of you know of reality, things look really, really bad. Y'all. And sometimes you can get away with it, sometimes you can't. So a lot of the times is you're you're balancing trying to balance an equation of how much can you get away with versus how much you actually have to put in reality. Huh. So there's a lot of that kind of going back and forth and, you know, what needs to be added, what needs to be subtracted from something, what you know, when you need to multiply a certain amount of light in a part of an image versus another and yeah. So it's, you know, VFX are hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I got nothing but respect. Like, whenever I see you doing the thing you do, I go, hmm, marketable skills. <laughs> Excellent idea. We could always, we could pimp the fact that I, a music video I directed comes out on Friday. We could always do that. There's a trailer. Where, There's a trailer. That? If you uh, go to Google and put in Toki, T-O-K-I... Bitch, I don't know how to spell Toki right. Yeah, Toki right, and then put real live, and then preview, and then should be able to just come up with two dope boys. That's the very first one. So yeah, that link right there. Isn't it nice that YouTube's like selected graphic is that particular screen? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. If you want to see what Adam's been up to. Usually when you're on, I will link the Featherlighter video on Chrysler 300. It's like, if you punks have not watched this yet, you watch this now. Yeah, Featherlighter's a, a... can like Of all the videos, Featherlighter seems to constantly always be going up at a slow pace, so it's never like not mm -hmm. viewed every day. These new ones that are coming, I think, are probably the ones I'm most, most proud of. You saw the one for Culture Crywolf, and that's probably the one I think right now is... On a skill level, it's probably the best that I've probably done. Like, tech mm. as technical proficiency has ever been. Excellent. But uh, for stuff with Tucson, though, my two favorites are still Featherlighter and Chrysler 300, for sure. Just because Chrysler 300 has got a cardboard box robot in it. So. It sure does. And Walk Through the Walls is pretty freaking awesome, too. It is. That was just a whole bunch of that's visual like effects. And that's just, yeah, that's just... It's a good showpiece. Yeah, it's just that's just technological workings... That's my nerd. That's my nerd voice. I'm gonna Is talk. It? I'm gonna talk like that until at the at the con until I feel like I've been sufficiently nerd like nerded up and uh -huh. say shut the fuck up, nerd, in full on bro. <laughs> switch. He's like, well, you understand that uh, actually Mystique is Nightcrawler's mother. <laughs> I actually just do that while they're talking the whole, <laughs> the whole time and then just shut the fuck up, nerd. 
I'm so excited. I don't think uh, I don't think you're prepared for how sizable some of these dudes are. I know a lot of them are really tall. That's what you've said. Minty Giant is a goddamn giant. He's like a dude is like eight feet tall. But then again, like people being tall has never stopped me from saying "shut the fuck up, nerd" That's to, true. to a single human being on the planet. So you have no fear. Remember, it's the it's the broness of like the mm-hmm. being a collegiate level grappler and the scrapping and the bouncing for years. Grappler. Yeah, I I think I can trust you when Ollie's like, you know. Some dudes are stepping to me on the schoolyard. <laughs> I want to know how to defend myself. Like, I think that you could teach him to fight and not teach him at this point in your life. Not teach him how to be an asshole. Yeah, you like you would teach him to fight and and teach him not to fight. You know, like don't do this unless you really have to. But if you have to, yeah, just fucking punch a guy in the throat. And here's how you do it. And here's how you effectively make him look like he's crying really hard in front of everybody else with one with one well placed swing. He was practicing this morning, though. Like, he put his hands around my neck and that made me talk like Donald Duck, and he thought that was hilarious. So he just kept doing it. <laughs> it was like, okay, look, I can do that voice without you strangling me. Let's just do it that way. <laughs> and he's like, nope. I'm into the other one. Yeah, he's like, that is not what I want to do. Or like, okay, then I just put him on the ground. Too bad you're only as tall as my waist. New page from Doug. I won't look at it yet. Uh, we're about to get out of here, though. That's what we're going to do. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for joining me in the hot seat. Not a problem. I'm always down to, to play guest down to on throw. the show. Yeah, you, you can see Adam Dunn again at KOLCon, which is in two fucking weeks. I'll be there. Sunday will be uh, Mr. Dunn's birthday. It will. I'll be broing so. out hard. If, so. you, if you'd like to bring him uh, a gift of any kind, I recommend a, a chilled bottle of Jägermeister. And a well, four-pack of energy drinks so we can, yeah. bro, we can drink bro drinks. And a, and a straw. <laughs> All right, good night, everybody. Good night.